five, four, three, two, one. I don't even know what's happening. Put in sport mode and you're going to fly. Just exactly how awesome was it? The mighty, mighty Nissan GTR. You've got the Mustang, the Camaro, the Challenger, the Corvette, the Viper. America. Damn, I forgot the bananas. I love this Crash, bang, boom! That's the noises of the introduction for the TopSpeed.com podcast. TopSpeed.com is your at home for all the crazy, cool, and amazing things that are automotive-based. And music. And and our, our intro music. So, hello everyone. I'm Christian Moe. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Thursday. Today, like always, I am joined by our editor-in-chief, Justin Coupler. Hi, Justin. Hey guys, I actually made it in today uh, with minimal technical difficulties to start today. <laughs> yeah. We almost didn't get it. My mic wasn't working, but I'm actually here. Yeah, we're with we're, my nice we're new shiny BMW hat. Yeah, we are a few minutes late. It's his fault. Yes, all my fault. <laughs> my microphone and the horrific virus I caught. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, also joining us, this is the man, the other man with the beard, Mr. Mark McNabb. Hi, Mark. How's it going, guys? Everybody doing all right? I hope so. Because I'm ready to get the show started. Woo! Party, party. All right. So thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us, tuning in, joining us for this wonderful live show. If you're listening later and not live, that's okay. I still love you, even though Justin might not. Um, yeah, I don't either. I do. <laughs> so nobody loves you, but I'll The love is not there. I'll, I'll, I'll always love you. Um, so before we get started, we have a few things to go over. Um Mostly, it's been Christmas at my house, so um, I've got one of these things, which is a brand new microphone, so hopefully my next car review will sound better, and I have a new case for one of my GoPros, so hopefully we'll have slightly better video quality. Um, I'm going to have a running motorcycle soon because of that thing, and I have more Legos. A bunch more Legos, actually. And why this is cool and interesting for you guys is because I have two of these. This is a Back to the Future kit. It's a whole DeLorean with opening gullwing doors and everything, and it comes with some Lego figures here on the bottom. So it's a full, awesome Lego DeLorean kit. 400 pieces. Said I have two of these. One of them is going to be given away. So if you would like to have... I, th- I think that kit's like $40 or something. If you'd like to have some awesome free Legos, pay attention to the end of this podcast and to next week's podcast, and we'll see if we can't get you guys the hookup. So um, I think that's all I have, like, starting-wise. You guys want to go ahead and jump into some weekly wheels and actually talk about some, like, car stuff? Sure. Yeah. Let's hear from Justin. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we've, we've lost him in the, <laughs> in the cyber webs of, you know disparity, so 
Yeah, yeah, I've been kind of, not only did I miss last week, but then like the like four weeks before that I had no weekly wheels. But yes, finally my fleet company likes me again. Uh, they brought me the 2015 Acura ILX 2.4 liter premium. Um, yeah, I have, uh, I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with Acura, um, only because they so often are warmed over Hondas. Um, even some of their most premium stuff, I could go across the street to a Honda dealership, get a car with more options for cheaper. Um, so that's one bad thing. Lincoln problem. Lincoln problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> I second that one. Um, get that out there. But yeah. the ILX is a, is a little bit different. Number one, I don't care what anybody says. You can argue with me till you're blue in the face. I think the ILX is actually the best-looking Acura you can get right now. Uh, until the uh, NSX comes out, because it's slightly smaller, it's a little, it's more compact. The uh, the massive Acura beak that's on the front of all their cars is downsized on this, so it's not quite as striking as it is on on their larger models and especially on their SUVs. Um, so that's kind of nice. What's really cool about this one is it's a real sports luxury sedan because this one has the 2.4 liter out of the Civic Si and also has the Si six speed gearbox. So you're getting the real feeling of a sports sedan. And also, See, has I have I have problems with that because Why? because it's a luxury sports sedan. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that anyone could even mildly come close to saying luxury sports sedan and front wheel drive at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean. You, you're going to have that. See, I, I, don't, I don't even consider that because there are plenty of sports sedans out there front-wheel drive. The Nissan Maxima is one. The sports sedan is a Nissan Maxima. It's front-wheel drive. What's it? Except There's the one. Nissan Maxima is not the sports sedan. It, the yeah. Nissan Maxima has been the sports sedan since the 1980s. God, no, it's never been the sports no, sedan. No, no. The 3 it's Series is the three. sports sedan. Yeah. Well, Okay. The... That is the unequivocal benchmark of all sedan. sports. No, just just all sports sedans ever created ever. The three series is the benchmark. That is that is okay. the car to beat. I'll give the you Maxima that. Maxima is fast. The Maxima is decent to drive. I still hate the fact that they say it's a four door sports car. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. it's not. It's a no, quick no. Altima. Yeah, they did that back in the uh, back in the 80s when in the 80s and 90s back when it had that ugly square body that still cut out the four-door sports car. And it, yeah, it, it was got awful ugly back then. But anyways, you know, so will be it. it has front-wheel drive. I'm fine with that. I'd never have an issue with front-wheel drive. Having been from up north, I've driven front-wheel drive cars my entire life, uh, except for a few rear-wheel drive cars in the early days. Um, but this one is pretty well equipped. I'm going to start off ignoring the price altogether. I'm not going to talk about price yet. I'll get to that at the end. Uh, had all the features you could want, leather interior, perforated seats, heated seats. I wish they would have been cooled instead of heated. Uh, a nice uh, eight-speaker sound system with the subwoofer, rear-view camera, uh, MP3 player, Bluetooth, all that good stuff, 17-inch wheels. Handles pretty well. It seems a little bit softer than the SI. Um, you get a little softer ride. It's a little more quiet, some more sound deadening. The weird thing about this car is, though, um, it's a little bit slower than the SI, I know it has less power. It has about four less horsepower and I think about seven less pound-feet of torque. They detuned it slightly from the SI model. <clears throat> but it's about half a second slower to 60 miles an hour. So I assumed this had to be because of extra weight. It has to weigh more than the SI, I would assume. Leather interior, all the premium feature, more sound-deadening material has to weigh more. It's actually 24 pounds less than the SI sedan, which really makes 
no sense unless Ecker used some weird lightweight material on the hood and the trunk lid. I'm not sure how they did it. I have to do more research. It's actually what I'm doing as I'm writing my review, trying to get information why it's lighter exactly. Um, but it's actually about about 0.5 to 0.6 seconds slower to 60. Um, it's but, lighter because they took out horsepower. Horses are heavy. Yes, horses are rather heavy. <laughs> well, I wonder if um, they are calculating it at different weights. Like, are, is one calculated at dry weight and one is wet weight, or is one the European curb weight standard and one the American? Like, no, from from I saw to measure a car. So maybe maybe one has a full tank, one the other, the other one doesn't. Oh, no, the all the information I got is all off the U.S. site, so I would assume they base them all in the same uh, same you know fill of gas and things like this. And I even looked up if the premium package is accurate, it's nice. They break it down by package. It's the exact model I had. Was like wow. twenty nine hundred and eighty something pounds in the SI. Wow, that's like, actually really lightweight. Yeah, that's and the SI is like three thousand, just a tick over three thousand. Um, so it's it's really weird. I'm not sure. So I guess those horsepower, I guess that horsepower and the stickier tires on the Civic SI give it a slight boost. The gear ratios are all identical. I checked them side by side. Gear. I mean, it could just be body. You know, maybe could maybe be, the Acura era. has has an aluminum body panel somewhere, or just less metal in general on the body. That's that's my assumption. Is because um, probably the one thing is the SI is going to have more body work and have like the body kit and things like that. Yeah, the SI is a little bit it's yeah, on that, that, could that add rear to, wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a rear wing in the in the sticker, the VTEC sticker on the side. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. right. Those are real thick that. stickers because that gives extra see, horsepower. Well, so yeah, that's exactly what happened. They didn't detune the engine for the Acura. They just didn't put the VTEC sticker on there, so you ah! lost horsepower. Ah, oh, yeah. Eureka! <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but okay, I ignored this topic enough. Um, here's the sore spot of this car. It's the price. Um, Mine, the base price isn't bad, but the premium one is $29,350. I'll give each of you guys two seconds to tell me what car I could buy for that exact same price. Uh, you what, could buy, 29000 you, yeah. could, you could buy a Subaru Outback 2.5i premium and save $300. Okay. Or you could okay. buy a, uh, the new uh, Sonata Turbo. Okay. Well, I'm actually looking for the Mercedes CLA. Except you're still stuck with like a super duper dead base level CLA at that price tag. A super duper dead base level CLA is not far off from this Acura. You're missing the leather interior, and I think that's about it. And MB Texas, my dad has MB Texas in his SLK, and it's not bad. It actually feels really good. I mean, the, the base level CLA, you're not missing a whole heck of a lot compared to this car. And you're getting Mercedes quality. And it's like, I think it's what? So uh, Mercedes quality will be built like a tank at about 97,000 miles. It's going to explode into billions of pieces. And cost $5 million <laughs> to repair. Boosh. Where okay. Acura will go for 400,000 miles, and you'll have to replace uh, about three parts consisting because of about actually Honda. Yep, yes. and that's exactly my argument in the review, is you can go with uh, the Mercedes build quality. It's going to cost more to repair. And uh, or you can go with the Honda build quality, lasts forever, but you're going to get the little things here and there, the squeaky dashboard, the little bit of thumps and thuds out of suspension, things like that. <laughs> exactly. But overall, you know, the ILX is not bad. You know, Christian, you told me the opinion of one person, uh, what he said, but apparently he was driving the hybrid model or the 2.0 version because this is not the yes. worst Honda ever built. This is I had a friend who drove the hybrid and he hated it, wanted to set it on fire, thought it was the worst <laughs> car in all of creation. 
Yeah, this so. is far from that. It's actually wow. really nice, and Christian, you'll love the fact that the manual transmission, you know, I thought about you the whole time I drove this thing. I said, wow, wow. a luxury car with a, with a tra the manual transmission. <laughs> Excuse me? Oh. Can you feel uh -huh. the love but, but yes, anything, anything with three pedals is better. Like, seriously. That's actually one of my biggest complaints about my car, which I really want to talk about because I have a lot of complaints about my car and I want to get angry with somebody about it. Arr! So um, I was driving the all-new 2015 Subaru Outback 2.5i Premium. Um, let's start with the all-new. So I used to own an Outback, and until it exploded, it was one of the best cars I ever owned. Like, Super, super spacious. I loved having this kind of tall, rugged, all-wheel drive wagon that I could just beat the crap out of, go anywhere. It was fun to drive. It felt peppy. It was awesome. So the new one, now, now again, this is 15 years, because mine is two, uh, uh, 2000. So this is 15 years later and three whole model generations. It's got an entirely new engine, and it has an all-new chassis. It's got all everything in it's new. In all that time, they've managed to create a new engine that is exactly like the old one, and it makes almost exactly the same amount of power and really close to the exact same amount of fuel economy. So the old engine was the EJ2025, which Subaru used for a 1,000 years, 2.5-liter Boxer 4. Their new engine is an FA25, and it is a 2.5-liter Boxer 4. My old car made 165 horsepower. The new one makes 175 horsepower. Old car, 168 pound-feet of torque. New one, 174 pound-feet of torque. So in 15 years, I've gained 10 horsepower and 8 torques. That's it. That's awesome. How much, how much weight? How much weight? I want to know that. The car, I don't have... It was hard to find curb weight numbers on the 2000 Outback, but the new car weighs probably three or 400 pounds more. It is much bigger. The new car compared to my old Outback is five inches taller, three inches wider, like nine inches longer, and it's and it's no longer a wagon. It's now an SUV crossover thing, which is terrible because that sort of ruined the good handling fun of it. I will say the new car has a better suspension. They've moved to a dual wishbone in the rear instead of just a multi-link setup, so it's a very sophisticated suspension setup. But you wouldn't need it if the car didn't sit so tall. Yeah. But um, it is better fuel economy. I will give it that. The sticker says 33. I only ever got 30, but my old one I only got 28. So two miles per gallon better with my extra 10 horsepower and my extra 8 pound-feet of torque. Um, <laughs> but, but otherwise, I just... So, well, okay, let's start here. If you have never owned a Subaru before in your entire life, this is a great car. It's fairly quiet. It's fairly comfortable. It's better built than any Subaru I've ever been in, which... It's not saying a lot, but it is better built than any Subaru I've I've ever been in. It's more quiet. It's more refined. I mean, it is the best car Subaru has ever made. But it's a terrible-ass Subaru. Like, Subarus have always had this thing. That they're kind of like Jeeps. Nothing feels like a Subaru to drive. Nothing. It's that fancy all-wheel drive system, the fact that they're, like, built with metal and hammers. I mean... They, they, they just had this really rugged, sort of purposeful feel, and that is completely gone from this car. You know, the reason I bought my first Outback is because I wanted a wagon. 
My wife wanted all-wheel drive, and we both wanted a manual trans transmission. Basically, the only thing we could buy in all of existence that is in the U.S. was that thing. An Outback was like our only choice, and we fell in love with it because it perfectly melded those three things together. The new one is not really all-wheel drive. It has an all-wheel drive system, but unlike the old Super system that was all four wheels all the time, this is one of those fancy electronic ones that's normally front-wheel drive until it detects slip, and then it starts to try and funnel power around so it doesn't feel the same way to drive. It's not a wagon anymore. It's an SUV, so it's really tall and it wobbles around and doesn't have that same sporty sort of rally car handling feel that the old Subaru did. And because it now has extra sound dampening and it's actually been put together properly, it just feels like a Honda to drive. And, like, that's my whole problem with it is why would I spend $30,000 on a Subaru Outback when I could buy a Honda CRV? Yeah, I had a, uh, a 2000 and I believe it was a one Outback LL Bean, and and that was some of the the, the good stuff about this year is the LL Bean is fully loaded with leather and all that good stuff, but it still felt rugged. You know, I still feel like I could take this thing into into you know some trail up the side of the road and make it through just fine. Um, it's kind of depressing to hear that they've fallen to this point. I mean, there are still some good Subarus out there, so I've driven the. Um... Crap, what's that new little small? X, the, yeah, the XV Crosstrek. XV Crosstrek is awesome. That's what I, I was like looking that. at, yeah. That thing kicks ass. And if you buy it with a manual transmission, because you can get that with one, it yep. comes with the old-school, always-on four-wheel drive system. Oh, nice. If you get the CVT, you're stuck with this fancy one. Yeah, so um, I want to know about the CVT in your car. Um, Not terrible, better than the old four-speed automatic but it still feels like a CVT. And starting this year, there is no more manual option. <sighs> that sucks. Yeah, yeah so I like had... one redeeming feature, which was I could order it with a, with a manual, and with the old-school all-wheel drive system, it's gone. I've got a friend who's got the 2014 Outback. I love the crap out of that thing, because he has it with the manual and the old, wheel and the old system, and it does feel taller and it does feel heavier, but it still has that really chunky, thunky feel of a Subaru. This one doesn't. Yeah. See, I had the um, uh, the Legacy a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago actually, and equipped with the CVT, and I I just did not like that CVT at all. I felt like it killed the car. Um, it just the engine droned. It didn't do anything. It didn't didn't go anywhere. It just felt very um, hindering. You know, like it hindered the car, and, and that was my most you know. Well, but you've but never driven, driven, driven the old one, right? Um, I've, I've ridden in a couple of them, yeah. Not driven, but ridden. So so the old four-speed auto, because the gears were spaced so far, was super awful because these engines don't make a lot of torque to begin with. And so you would have to rev the living snot out of this thing, and then you'd change gears, and the car was like, Wah! and it like dropped like 600 RPMs. You'd have to start all over. Having the CVT to keep the engine in the rev band made it more drivable. The noise is pretty terrible. There is a lot of rubber banding. But if I'm stuck with a computer controlling the gears, I do prefer the CVT to the old four-speed auto. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's like a lesser of two evils situation here. And now that I can't have a manual anymore, I'm freaking stuck with it. So um, Also, it was not that well-equipped. So I'm in the premium, which is like the mid-grade car. Um, so my upgraded features include split folding rear seats, 17-inch alloys, 10-way power drive seat, climate control, heated seats, leather steering wheel, fog lights, and more. 
Um, I also have a premium 7-inch touchscreen. So the car had one option. That was moonroof and power rear lift gate. $1,700. Ouch. For a moonroof and a power lift gate. Um, total price for this thing was $29,480. I have no navigation. I have no leather. I have cloth seats that are almost made of Velcro. Um, no, like, so I did not put my dogs in this car. It looked like I put my dogs in this car because every little piece of hair that may have been stuck to my shirt when I sat down on the seat stayed on the seat. Wow. My wife took her backpack because I drove her to school one day. Through her backpack, or her, her her backpack in the in the back seat, every piece of dog hair or cat hair that was attached to that backpack stayed on the seat. It took me like ten or fifteen minutes to vacuum that thing before they came to pick it up, just to get all the animal hair out of it. And I didn't even put my animals in it. You would think for a car company that is so focused on selling cars to people with dogs, they would have thought about that a little better. Yeah, that's my thing. Like it seems like every Subaru I see has a dog sticking out the window, and it's like. That's not exactly a great uh, selling point. That no, and like, that is an actual statistic. Subaru owners own more dogs than any other car company in the U.S. I would believe it. And so it's like, and 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 again, I hate to beat on this thing so bad because if you've never driven a Subaru, if you just want a nice little family hauler that's got some all-wheel drive, like a Honda CRV or a Toyota Rav4 or a whatever, this is a perfectly fine option. It is. I think it's too expensive, but really in the market, it's fairly competitively priced. The equipment is a little bit low, but it's refined enough. It's quiet enough. It does get 30 miles to the gallon with the all-wheel drive system and all that stuff. I mean, it's everything normal people look for in a car, but it's a terrible-ass Subaru, and that makes me so angry. I just <laughs> – I want, I want old Subaru back. It seems like every new model they come out with, they're becoming more of a mainstream brand and less Subaru. Subaru. And that worries me. You know, in 2008 and 2009, Subaru was the only car company, the only one that posted a profit. They were the only – the single company that posted a profit. And part of that is because they made these really cool, unique, and quirky cars. Now everybody keeps buying more and more of these Subarus, but they keep making them less and less Subaru-y, so I wonder if they're going to hit a tipping point. Yeah, well, hopefully they – Kind of realize what what's going on and bring it back. So maybe, but I'm done. I'm done yelling. Mark, why don't you talk to me about something that's German and beautiful? Because I like things that are German and beautiful. Yeah, well, this definitely was German and it definitely was beautiful. I had the uh, 2015 Audi A3 sedan, and um, I really like this car a lot. Um, there was a lot of qualities about it that just made it a really good car. Now, obviously, it's Audi, so it's built except like it's rock. got four doors instead of five. Yeah, well. I can't I can't say anything about that because it's the one they sent me. So, anyway, um, it, well, it used to be they only sold it in a five door, and yeah. now for the American market, this is the all new sedan that they've created just for us. Yes, I know it's wonderful, just yeah. wonderful. That's so anyway. Word. I mean, yeah, the thing looks good. I love uh, it's an extra cost option. It's like five hundred fifty dollars, but this like metallic gray paint, it, it looks beautiful. I love it. Um, it's offset by these nice, bright, uh, you know, five-spoke wheels. You've got the bright, uh, big Audi uh, grill up there. It, it looks really, really good. Interior, too. Um, it looks a little plain when you first look at it, like the way the dash just kind of sits there with almost no, um, I guess, design cue to it. But the longer I lived with it, the more I appreciated, like, the simplicity of it. And now it's got these little aluminum 
strips and stuff like that, and the build quality inside is fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite things was turning the AC vents on and off. It's got these rings around the vent, and if you twist them, like, I don't know, 45 degrees, they click. And this beautiful, just, it just made me so happy. <laughs> and all of the other switchgear was the same way, too. It just, everything felt very rich and very um, upscale, very, very upscale. Um, the oh, engine was very good at that. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, some of the best, uh, you know, interior quality uh, on the market. Engine was very good, too. It was the 2-liter turbo. Um, it made pretty good power, too. It uh, Torque was a little skimpy off the line, but once you got it moving, got the turbo spooled, and everything got better. Uh, it's 220 horsepower and 258 pound-feet of torque, and it has quattro all-wheel drive. So that's all the good stuff about the car. Now, there's a lot of bad stuff about the car that I really don't like. And number one... And if you read the review, I said this like 50 times, and I said it like 57 times in my video. Um, the car just seems a little bare bones for an Audi. Um, the base or the the price in this car was thirty-seven thousand dollars, and Ooh. yeah, I didn't have backup camera, lane change, blind spot, push button start, proximity key, anything like that that you would find on, like, a $20,000 Nissan. You know, I'm, I'm finding a lot of these luxury manufacturers are pulling off things like that. They're saying, hey, we're this brand, so we don't need to worry about putting the stuff that, you know, Kia or Honda's putting in their car standard. No, we don't need to put that stuff in there. Well, like, okay, so... I just... Yeah, it I just have, doesn't make sense to me. Well, but, like, that makes perfect sense to me because I turn all of those things off as soon as I get every one of my press cars because I hate all of them. Um, my Golf, brand new, was almost $27,000. The only options I have are nicer headlights and an upgraded stereo. That's it. I don't have heated seats. I don't have a sunroof. I don't have blind spot monitoring. I don't have the backup camera. Nothing. And that's the way I would prefer it. I, I've gotten spoiled to backup cameras. I've gotten spoiled yeah. to blind spot monitoring. Now, I really don't like lane chains assist where, you know, if you start drifting over, then seats vibrate or noises happen. It just yeah. bothers me. I know yeah. I can drive perfectly fine. I don't have an issue with that. But I, I like the the peripheral stuff. Um, oh, see, I, I hate it. Like, I, I hate that when I'm driving down the highway and if someone passes me, there's a little yellow light that flicks on in the corner of my vision. That drives me nuts. See, I, I don't even notice that, that until I'm back up staring at their backup camera. Well, maybe I'm just more observant than you. I don't know. But it, it, it drives me nuts, and it freaks me out, especially in the evening. Like, I'm driving down the road, and then it catches my eyes, and I have to look because I'm like, what was that thing? And I'm like, oh, it's just my <laughs> stupid little yellow light telling me that there's somebody over there. Well, see, I've never had that issue. I, I love, like, the yeah. I'm driving a, a Honda Odyssey right now. I love having that, that monitor, especially on a big car like this, because it lets me know what's going on. Rear view yeah. camera, I love it. I mean, I don't rely on it, but it's so nice when you're when you're backing into a space. You know, the only way you get in some spaces that are really tight is to back in. So when you're backing in, you could just, you can watch the lines, and it lines up perfectly. You know, I have to do this and this and this. You're talking about people staring at their backup camera. Well, is it more dangerous to look down your backup camera or to be like this, trying to look behind you? I don't know. I mean, people were making fun of me when I was in the range, the Range Rover, because I had the like top-down aerial view and the back of the camera and all that stuff. And there I was, cranked around, backing <laughs> up my car like a normal human being. People were like, "Why don't you use your cameras?" I'm like, "Because my head's on a swivel." Because I'm reason. different. 
no, because my head is on a swivel for a reason, and my golf doesn't have a backup camera. You know, none of my other cars have backup cameras. Well, there, there are some just... cars. There are some cars that don't need it, but it, I think it's nice to have. I think it's. Yeah. Great. I it's... will say there are some cars that are nicer to have it on, like like in a minivan, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, this thing yeah. needs it. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you're in a teeny tiny four door sedan. Why do you need a? No, I it, I, I just feel like at a car, this premium at a price that premium. Why don't I have a backup camera? Yeah, and if because, you like, because you have that beautiful click. <laughs> How much money does it cost to put a camera in a car? Every ten dollars, right? Every click, every click of that switch was a thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. That. And I'm you know sure. what? I think it's worth every penny. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would, I would pay so much money to have like the level quality of interior of like an Audi A7 inside of my Golf Diesel. I would pay $40,000 for my Golf Diesel if I could have an Audi A7 interior inside of it and nothing else changed. Still my same suspension, still my same sound deadening, still my same everything. If I just had the fit and finish of an A7, I would pay forty grand for that car. Yeah, I, it's nice. It really is. Now, there is some things about the A3 that aren't quite nice. Uh, the rear seats, uh, like if you're sitting there, the seat backs of the front seats are hard plastic, and if you bang your knee on that getting in or out, it hurts. Like, it does not feel good at all. Uh, <laughs> I just had this vision in my head of Mark, like, laying in his driveway. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally doing the Peter Griffin. <sighs> yes, that was me. Um, the leatherette seating isn't really the best. It's on the plasticky side. Um, so, yeah, but everything else felt really good. My number one thing I loved about the car was highway cruising. This thing feels so relaxed at 75, 80 miles an hour. Like, just just like you're sitting in your driveway. Like, if the RPMs are low. The sound is low. It doesn't roll around. It just feels ready to go, and it just it will sing down the highway. It's A beautiful. lot of the Germans are good about that. It's almost like you're sitting in a brick, and the world is just moving around you. Yes, it's kind of like they designed it to go on some, you know, speed limitless interstate system that just, you know, transverses their country. That would, yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be an interesting thing? I, yeah, maybe America <laughs> should adopt something of this nature. <laughs> if, if only such a thing existed, yeah. but I'm sure that people are worried about terrible mortality rates. But, you know, I'm sure if there was a place like that that existed and you could find statistics on it, you would find it's one of the safest stretches of road in the entire freaking world. Ah, oh, that would be the case, but I wonder how strict their driving um, uh, education is. And I, I wonder if we could ever implement that in, in the United States and if people would get all pissed off because they think driving is a privilege and, or, or a right and not a privilege. Uh, wow, so many hypotheticals. Yeah, imagine if, well, but imagine how crazy and dangerous a place would be if at one point in your life and only once in your life, while you were very young and immature, you rode around in a car with another human being for 10 or 15 minutes and they gave you a license that was good for the rest of your life. Wouldn't that sound crazy and dangerous? Yeah, even if you're 90 years old and senile and blind. As long as you can get the car started and you have that piece of paper, you are okay to go. Yep. Anyways, as you guys can probably tell, we have thoughts on things. <laughs> Leave comments. Let us know. We'll answer your questions next week, and we'll, we will have a special edition of the Top Speed Podcast about how we rant about driving licenses and 
actually, we don't have autobahns. You know, actually, that is a, a, a good thing to mention. We didn't get any questions last week, so there's no question and answer section. This, yeah. this We're Ooh. super pissed off at you, listenership. Like, and, like, give us questions. I wouldn't say I'm super pissed off. I mean, I am, I am I'm, but I'm pissed off at that thing, not at you guys. So. <laughs> no, can't you see the rage in my face right now? <laughs> so pissed. Oh. All right, you know, let's talk about something awesome. Uh, we're going to leave leave cars and go to news. What was that? Um, yeah, that was We're going to talk about video games. Well, we go ahead, talk about them. Um, I, I was, I was, I was playing a video game. What? Yeah, and that's, no. and that, and that, and that is video game. It's V I D Y A. Video game? No, video. All right. Uh, so Forza Horizon Two comes out next Tuesday, but I've already played it. I've been playing it for like a week. Suck on so many levels. It what? You suck on so many levels. Um, hey, you know what? Sometimes playing a game for work isn't as much fun as it sounds because there are times you're like, I have other things I need to do, but I can't because I have to sit down and I have to do this for the next four or five hours of my day. Well, no, it'd be um, great for me because I can say to my wife, hey, this is work stuff. <laughs> yeah. There is that occasional moment. But um, anyway, I really so... need to go out and drive my car. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could just do that. Um, look, I, I I have to go drive. I've not put enough miles on this model yet. Yeah, then just say, well, take me grocery shopping then. <laughs> okay, take her, drop her off at Target, go do what you want to do, come back, pick her up later. I'll be Two back in one later. hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> Entertain yourself until then. But um, So anyways, yes, Forza Horizon 2. Um, it is a bigger, better version of Forza Horizon. Um, if you're actually interested in like my full thoughts on it, the review went live just a few hours ago. Today's the first day we can actually talk about it. Um, so the first Horizon was kind of cool. You start the game and you spend like five seconds inside of a Dodge Viper, and then suddenly you're this guy who's in a VW Corrado VR6, and that's what you spend the first big chunk of the game in, is this VW Corrado, and it's like, meh. This time they said, this is a car about, or this is this is a game about awesome cars, let's start you in awesome cars. And you start with like a six-minute blast down this French countryside, in a Lamborghini um, a, a Hurricane, Hurricane. Aventador. And um, so, like, that's what you do. And then when you get to the end of the race, you meet this British guy named Ben, who is strikingly a lot in manner to Mr. Gumball that I met on the Gumball 3000, the guy that started that rally, who is also British. Um, and he's like, hey, thank you for helping me get all these cars off this boat and to this Horizon Festival. That's awesome to say thank you. I'm going to give you a free car. And he gives you a choice of cars, and you get – you don't get a VW Corrado. You get a BMW Z4 or a Camaro SS or a twin-turbo fourth-generation Toyota Supra. So, like, the moment you start the game, you have cool cars. And the moment you start the game – well, not the moment. Like, you have to go through, like, five races. But then immediately the um, auto store is opened up, and you could buy basically any one of the 200 cars that are in the game. If you have enough money, you can go buy anything you want to. Um, so it's like, that's awesome, and it gives you the experience of driving cool cars. And another problem that I've always had with all these racing games is, well, yeah, they have, like, 200 cars, and all of the really cool ones are, like, a bajillion dollars each, so you only ever get to own one maybe two, the entire time you have the game. They have bucket list missions in this one. There are literally cars just scattered around the country, 
and you just drive up next to one, and it's like start bucket list, and it's completely free, and they'll throw you in seats of all kinds of stuff. Like your first bucket list mission, you get a Koenigsegg Agera R, and the guy says, there is a speed camera one and a half miles away from you. Your goal is to drive an Agera like you stole it. That's that's what the mission is called, drive an Agera like you stole it, and you have to blast through that speed camera at more than 175 miles miles an hour. That's your first bucket list mission of the game. <laughs> that and they're, sounds awesome. Right, and they're all like that. There's one that was a Ferrari F40, and it's outrun the sun in a Ferrari F40, and you start at one end of your little map, and you're on the you stay on the coast road the whole time, and the sun is setting, and you have to get from one end of the map to the other end of the map in like four and a half minutes or whatever before the sun sets. So you're racing the rotation of the earth in a Ferrari <laughs> F40. Oh, that's awesome. Right, there's all kinds of cool stuff like that. There's another mission where out in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, there's like a Greek Acropolis thing. And up there is an old Lancia Delta rally car. And when you start the mission, it immediately turns the game nighttime. And it's like you have to get from point A to point B, and point B is like six miles away if you follow the road. But it's only like a mile and a half in a straight line. And the game's like you have a minute and a half to get there. So you basically... Instead of following the road, you barreled down the mountain through a forest, and you flew a forest over a huge jump through a field and through another forest and over another big jump to try and make it to the festival on time. And that mission is race a classic rally car through the forest at night. Like, that's a bucket <laughs> list item. Like, like, that would be a thing on your bucket list. I want to blast a classic rally car through a forest rally stage at night. Like, like that's a thing. And these missions, there's 30 of them, I think? or 25, and so you get a chance to play with all of the coolest cars in the game without ever having to actually pay for them. You know, the LaFerrari is one, the McLaren F1 is one, the McLaren P1 is one of these cars. Like, it's all of these super cool machines. And it's like, hell yeah, that was a great freaking idea. Um, they also did another super cool thing where, if you guys have ever played a racing game, especially one of these sim simulation games, everything is based around a car class, like, oh... This car is a performance level B car, and you are only going to race performance level B cars for the next 15 races, and then you must choose a performance level A car and go for the next 21 races. And this isn't set up like that at all. They've broken it into car types. So if you want to buy a Lancia Delta, that's a classic rally car. So suddenly, every time you go to a selection of races, they're all classic rally car races. And you, so you pick a kind of car you want to race, and it doesn't matter what speed level your car is. And then if you want to tune it and upgrade it, you can tune it and upgrade it to whatever level you want to, and the game will just put you with other classic rally cars that have been tuned and upgraded also so that you're always racing people who are about your same speed. And the cool That's thing cool. is you're not stuck going, oh, well, now I have to upgrade to this Ferrari because it's the thing I was given for completing a race, and I can't afford a different car, and this is I, I have to race an A-class car. You don't have to do that crap. You can buy literally any car you want to and tune it any way you want to and complete in like a dozen races. The game's just like, sure, whatever, have fun. That's really cool. That's always been kind of one of my complaints about these racing games is where if they say, hey, your car does not qualify for this race. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> From the old old Gran Turismo uh, Ace. Right. Oh, right. God, it was awful. And then, and then so you were stuck either upgrading your car to be a higher speed, speed class or buying a new machine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's sort of gone in this one. It's just what kind of car you have. Now, there is a limit. So there's like five or six areas around the map. And each one of these areas has its own championship. 
you can only do a championship one time. So if you're in the French city of Nice and you do the Classic Rally Championship, the next time you make it back around to Nice, you can't do Classic Rally Championship any, anymore. You have to pick a different championship. But by that time, you should have a couple of cars because they do have the uh, showcase missions are back where you do something big and grandiose. Like in the first game, the very first mission was you raced a Ford Mustang Mach 1 against a P-51 Mustang airplane. That was a mission in the game. If you beat it, you get to keep the car. Um, that's probably my least favorite part of this game, actually, is the showcase missions. Because the first one had, like, ten showcase missions, and, like, seven of them were racing planes, and one of them was racing some hot air balloons. Um, I've done four of the five so far in Horizon 2, and three of them, sorry, two of them were racing planes, one of them was racing hot air balloons, and one of them was racing a train. So racing the train was the only one that was different from anything I did in Forza Horizon 1. And that's super annoying because they've had two years to think of one new idea. I mean, you do get some some cool cars, though. Like, the first one you do is a uh, Ferrari 360 Challenge Stradale versus a fighter jet stunt team from Italy. And so they're flying over you, blowing smoke that's the Italian flag, and then you're chasing them in a red Ferrari with an Italian flag striped down the hood of it. So that's kind of cool, but it's still... Cars Against Planes, and I did that like eight times in the first game, and I've already done it twice in this game. So, I don't know. Overall, I think the game is super awesome. Um, it is a sh- crap ton of fun. Um, I'd say if I had to give it a score, I'd give it like an 82 out of 100. Hmm. 82, okay. That's yeah. okay. I mean, it's... Well, so, nothing in this world is 100 out of 100. Like, I don't believe in perfect scores, like, the best game in the world is probably, like, a 9.5. So, I mean, it's it's super solid. There are some issues. Um, it never really gets harder because you're not racing against computer components. You're racing against the Drivatars, which are, like, just computer versions of other players. And so all the cars always drive like other players. But once you face off against those people, they never get better because they're always other players. So you have to, like, actually turn the difficulty up to make the game get any harder at all. So if you like a challenge, the game can get boring kind of quickly. Um, you know, the um, multiplayer is... Some of the missions are kind of meh. Some of them are great. But, um, yeah, multiplayer is sort of okay. Single player is pretty good. Sometimes it's not as difficult as you want it to be. But otherwise, seriously solid. Like, easily an 8 out of 10. That's good. Cool. All right. Um, let's talk about... You know what? Let's talk about some more Lamborghinis. Yes, Lamborghini is uh, bringing a concept to Paris. We already knew that. They released a very interesting sketch um, that there's still lots and lots and lots of debate going on, whether it's a four-door or is it four seats or is it an SUV or is it this, that, who knows. Um, But a recent report from Autoblog in Netherlands is saying that this is going to be called the Asterian. I think that's the way you pronounce it, Asterian. Um, because of a trademark they found and some inside information. Um, and it kind of fits with the whole thing that Lamborghini is teasing us about, saying, what was it, once perfection is achieved, you can just double it. Um, and by doubling it, maybe they mean doubling the powertrains, which means electric and gasoline. That's doubling your powertrains. Hey, Halty's uh, here. We missed him. Hey, Halty. And he said he's driven on the Autobahn, and it's awesome. Oh, oh what's this Autobahn you speak of? 
Is that that mystical magic road with no speed limit that we all want to dream about? <laughs> Sorry it took me so long to notice, Hulti. But, um, yeah, the, the rumor is it's called the Asterian. And, you know, Lamborghini usually bases their names off of bulls, bull, a famous bull or a bull species. Um, this is a little bit of a twist on that and also kind of works back in with the whole hybrid thing. Asterion is actually a Greek mythological creature that we mostly know as what is the Minotaur, half bull, half human <laughs> thing. Um, so it's a hybrid, hybrid human, hybrid bull. So it kind of sort of fits with Lamborghini's bull thing. It also fits with the whole hybrid gas electric thing that is uh, going around the rumor mill right now. So there's a whole bunch of rumors and speculation on this thing. Is it going to be a two plus two hybrid? What what is this thing going to be? What do you think, Mark? I see you smiling. <laughs> I, I don't care. I just want the badge to have a minotaur on the front. Just like holding a staff or something. With like, with like the Lamborghini bull behind him and like, you know, just broad chested like. <laughs> you know what I think <laughs> is going to happen? I think Lamborghini is just trolling the crap out of everybody. So the first sketch, uh, what did it say? When you make perfection, double it? Right? Once perfection is achieved, you can just double it. So what if this is just the drop-top version of the Hurricane that we all know is coming? Because we already well, achieved perfection with the Hurricane. Look at so the sketch. So we're double it and make it Yeah, that there's, there can't be a drop-top. That sketch That's is a fast unless, way too fast. Unless back. it's a hard-top convertible. Hello, we just got the piece today that Have the you? Ferrari Special... The 458 Special convertible is a real thing. And the roof line is really close to the old Special. And also, I've seen plenty of GIF, uh, uh, GIF images where they, they show this thing overlaying the, the Hurricane, and it, it just does not match up. There's nothing just, on this to match. It's a rough sketch with like four lines. Even with a rough sketch, the, the hood lines don't match. Nothing I'm just saying, how hilarious would it be that Lamborghini has caused all of this muss and fuss over their potential four-door SUV hybrid monster truck, whatever the hell they're going to make, and then they're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's just a Hurricane convertible. We made perfection with the Hurricanes. So we made a second one. It's hybridize it's two things in one it's a sports car and it's a roadster yay and like you know, everyone I, just i just i just uh, want to see the room full of, full of journalists just go oh, uh, that would definitely be a collective sigh like yeah that'd be they smoke and mirrors and they pull off you know the the curtains fly back and it's a hurricane with no top and everyone's like uh, oh that's gonna be and, about as much as a buzzkill and then, like a little italian man jumps out and goes we had an epic troll yay <laughs> They'd be like, that'd be as much of a buzzkill as whenever, uh, uh, ran, whenever uh, Dodge had the uh, the debut for the Pro Master, or I'm sorry, ran did the debut for the Pro Master. It's gonna just live debut. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, it's a van. <laughs> right. I mean, I like, seriously. Like, you should have saw the comments on that live stop feed. Lamborghini from doing that same stupid thing. Like, oh, we're sorry, you guys. Totally thought this was something else. Um, we were gonna stop you, but we were getting lots of extra press, so we decided not to. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't think anything would top the frustration and just pure idiocracy of the Mazda Miata. Uh, don't reveal. get me started on that. The hey, 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 we're supposed to get specs in Paris, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. After everyone got all hyped up and anticipated that we were going to hear specs in the I'm first just week. saying, Paris is in like a week. Wait, Duran Duran. <laughs> hey, here's a car. Her name is Rio, and she... <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, Paris, yeah, Paris Lamborghini is, is bringing something. And if it is the convertible Hurricane, I'm going to just go back to sleep. Which it's not. And I'm going to laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and I'm going to applaud Lamborghini for such an epic troll. No, this that, is not That would be a good troll because they have the entire industry talking about this thing. Everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to have a minute on the fridge. <laughs> I don't care what it looks like, and, it's and, 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 not, and not not a flat one like like the Raging Bull Wendell now, but like a raised one like the Leaping Cat on a Jaguar. Mess. <laughs> it needs to be an actual with a hood ornament. Just <laughs> just a big hood ornament minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, I gotta get. I have to get our rendering artist to make one of those now. Oh, He's have to please. Make it, have to put it up. All right, please. you hear that PR? It's coming. <laughs> please. I, I will pay you $10 to do that. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead. Let's, let's, let's talk about trucks. Yeah. Mark, you like trucks. I like trucks. Um, yeah, so I guess the canyon is up next. Um, yeah, so it's not quite as exciting and fun as Minotaur Lamborghinis and drop tops, you know, stuff like that. But Topless Italians. Hey, nothing more <sighs> fun than that. Yeah, well, I've been to a topless beach in Italy, so I can't. I just won't say anything. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> the people that frequent the topless beaches are usually not the ones that should. <laughs> probably not. Uh, the movies have lied to you. Yes. Well, no, no. If you watch a movie Eurotrip, I think that's about appropriate. <laughs> well, anyway, 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 we're getting way off topic here. Uh, oh, sorry, I just thought of that. Blinders. That movie. Blinders. <laughs> Gas mileage on trucks. This yeah. is a top three podcast. Nothing is off topic. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Guys, we did talk about do. driver's license and the Audubon, so. Give me anyway. the MPGZs. Give me, give me the MPGZs. The Impicas. Uh, so uh, uh, General Motors has released the Impica numbers for the trucks. The best one, obviously, is the four-cylinder, and it, it gets a really surprising number. It's it's pretty good. It's 27 MPG highway out of a mid-sized truck. I mean, that's that's... that's that's all right. That's what, like four miles per gallon over the the highest uh, Tacoma, right? Yeah. So it's uh, 22 MPG city, 27 MPG uh, highway, and then 22 combined, which that's not terrible for a four cylinder rear wheel drive truck, uh, especially something that can carry a decent payload. Um, now the V6, they released the numbers on that too, but the V6 is also class leading in a different respect. Uh, they released the um, Cargo ratings. They can tow like or haul sixteen hundred and twenty pounds in the bed. And that is um, like solid. three quarter ton level of like the nineteen forties. Like that's pretty awesome. Um, and MPG is not bad either on the the V six. It gets in its best form twenty six on the highway, uh, twenty one combined, and eighteen city. So, wow, that's actually really really good. So you yeah. lose one mile per gallon to go with the V six? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, if those numbers actually hold up in real-world usage, I'm not entirely yeah. sure why. And the V6 is not half bad. It gets um, where's it at? Where's it at? 306 horsepower and 269 pound-feet of torque versus the four-cylinders, 200 horsepower and 191 pound-feet of torque. So, yeah, and the truck doubles its tow capacity, doubles its hauling capacity. So, I mean, for one mile per gallon less, make yeah, this that's a yeah, pretty solid a, upgrade. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm checking this out. That that six-cylinder gets one mile per gallon more on the highway than the Tacoma's 2.74 banger. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, pretty well, good. Maybe because the Tacoma is like four million years old. 
<laughs> Maybe because Toyota. almost all of Toyota's trucks are kind of meh. Yeah. Like, the Tacoma is a great truck. Yeah, sure. It just, it's old. Yeah. Oh, it's no, so so that's the problem, is it's not a great truck, it's a good truck. Toyota and Nissan both make good trucks. The big three make great trucks. Yes, because they're competitive. But I think that this truck from GM will make Nissan and Toyota pick up their game. Yeah, it's, it's got to force their hand, because for a long yeah, time, it Tacoma's to. been kind of like the running the roost. Yeah, I mean, so. the Tacoma has been the truck. Uh, in fact, uh, this morning, I got to see the Toyota... Uh, Tacoma TRD Pro looks fantastic. Beautiful truck. I mean, I only got 30 seconds to kind of walk around it, but it was it was pretty awesome. But it has so, a four liter from 1998. <laughs> yeah, it's got the same four liter V6 as like the the Forerunner, and yeah, it's just they're not bad engines, but they they need some help. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the the Colorado Canyon trucks. They're really nice. They're really awesome. But if you want one that gets really good gas mileage, just wait a year when the diesel comes out. Oh, that's that's the one. That's yeah, the one. The 2.8 liter Duramax four cylinder. Um, I'm gonna guess this thing's gonna get like 35 on the That's highway. my assumption. Like, yeah, 35. See, okay. it's gonna be spectacular. I think you will get 35. I think the sticker is gonna say 32. Yeah, okay, so if the four-cylinder gets 27, I'm going to say, yeah, the sticker's going to get 32, 33. Right. A five-mile-per-gallon a, a five gain over the gasoline sounds really plausible. Yeah. And then when you're actually driving it, if you're just doing highway cruising, you're probably going to get closer to 35. Yeah. But 35 MPG in a truck? I know. A truck that'll haul, what, like 8,000 pounds? 7,000 pounds on the hitch, at least like, with the V6. Now, it may be different with the diesel. Well, yeah, no. Uh, I think when they were like touting off the potential numbers for the diesel, it was like 8,600 pound tow rating at the hitch for yeah, the diesel. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. I think this. I don't think it'll steal sales from the can from the the Silverado. I think it will be a conquest truck and will bring more people to the brand, and people who kind of wanted a truck but didn't want the trade off. Like this guy. There you go. I bought a golf diesel, and guess what? I have a trailer hitch on it, and I haul a trailer with my frigging golf because I'm not going to pay outrageous amounts of money for a truck that gets terrible gas mileage that I only tow with sometimes. So, GMC, get you your go. freaking diesel truck moving, Let's and do it. you'll have a new buyer. Yeah. Like, I, I cannot wait to get into this truck. Um, I'm headed to the uh, Texas just... Truck Rodeo here in a few weeks, and I'm itching to get into this truck. I'm just, so. I'm just thinking about... All of the cool things that, like, I'm, I'm just so, like, an 8,500-pound tow rating out of this truck means I can haul my trailer with my motorcycle on it, and not just that, I can haul my golf that's hauling the trailer, that's hauling the motorcycle. I don't think that's <laughs> legal, but truck. okay. But, but I mean, I, I have that much towing ability, yeah. and I'll still have, like, two or 3,000 pounds of reserve tow left. Yeah, it's, like, like, it's, like it's, just just think about that. I can haul my whole car, hauling a trailer, hauling a motorcycle, and still have excess room. I can like load the car with people. Yep. Yeah, it's. I, want one of those I think this truck is going to be great to the industry, um, especially that diesel. I really think that's going to help turn around the market, and it's going to give the Ram 1500 Eco Diesel a run for its money. Oh, I want that truck so bad. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Hey Jim, think you can set me up with a long-term loaner? Uh, me as well. I'll take the Chevy. You take the GMC. 
Um, yeah, okay, that sounds fair. And then yeah. we'll meet up uh, once every two and a half or three months and compare, and we'll do like a long-term comparison test. I think we can get this thing rolling. Yeah. GM, I'll have my people call your people. Hey, Mark, answer the, call, call GM. Yeah, answer the email. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark is my people to call their people. So Mark, call GM for me if you don't mind. <clears throat> Just answer the email I said. <clears throat> uh, all right. Um, anyway. Okay, let's move on to some sports car stuff. This is going to be a quick story because I think it's a pointless story. Um, Lotus has announced that they're killing the Avora. So 2014 is the last year, which means that there will be no road-legal machines that Lotus actually sells here in the United States. Now, they have said it's coming back as a new model in 2016, but um, I, don't, I don't care, and I don't think most of you care at all. Lotuses are cool, yes. They're great driver's machines, yes. Nobody buys them. Nobody. Yeah, I was totally planning on buying a 2015 uh, Evora, but... They just dashed my hopes. Well, here's the thing. I know for a fact that at least in, in Atlanta, there are new, never-been-purchased 2013s still sitting on the lot. Ouch. So if you really want an Evora, you can get one. Like, like I that. bet that's a deep discount, too. Probably. And, like, here's the thing. Nobody ever buys a new Lotus. I know lots of people who own Lotuses, and they all buy them used. Which, speaking of which, if you want to buy a new or a, a, a used Lotus, it's very easy. Just take $30,000 and get on the internet. Because, like, all of them seem to be, like, $30,000. There's a couple of them for sale in Knoxville right now. And one is, like, a 2001 with, like, 90,000 miles on it, and the guy wants, like, $29,500. And there's another guy who's got, like, a 2006 with, like, 20,000 miles on it, and he wants, like, thirty-one grand. They're just all $30,000. doesn't matter what shape they're in. If you have an Exige or a uh, Evora or whatever, they're just $30,000. I've seen one of those sitting on a lot um, a few years ago, and I just drooled over it for, like, ten minutes. Right. Yeah, I mean, beautiful cars. Like, they're cool cars, and they're pretty, but they're too expensive. Like, I, I think they're, like, $90,000 for a new Evora. Yeah, I'm talking about, like, the Exige. Well, right, but they don't Small make that anymore either. But but yeah. just think about it. Who in their right mind buys a damn Evora to begin with? And this is why there's still 2013s on the lot. What can you get that's a sports car for eighty or $90,000? A heck of a lot. Yeah. you Kind of like an M3. Yeah, well, you can get an M5 almost. You can get a 911. You can buy a freaking uh, Corvette Z06. Why in the hell would I buy an Evora? With a Toyota V6 sitting behind the seats, <laughs> and I can have a supercharged American pushrod V8. Like I just—that—that's the point right there. Yep, it's yeah. all the badge. You know, the people that buy it are the people that love Lodi. Lodi, <laughs> as Mark said. <laughs> I just, anyways. So Evora is gone. Lotus is essentially dead in America, except for some special non-legal track day cars. Well, Lotus has been but, dead. We missed it too. Because I, I, I was aware of that article, too. Lotus is laying off a lot of people, too. Yeah, it's like like half their staff or something like that. So half like their staff four. is probably, what, like 17 people? I think it's... You know, like, what was it, 500? Yeah, somewhere. Well, they have 1,000 people here in the U.S.? I can't remember the exact percentage. No, I, but it's I, I wrote large it. It's... Um... Uh, it's a quarter of 325 jobs out of 1,200. Yeah, it's a quarter of the workforce, yeah. I can't believe they employ 1,200 people. <laughs> like, 
Like, like for a car company that small, I mean, I guarantee you they sold less than 100 cars last year. Well, here's the thing. Okay, here's how Lotus makes money. They have different departments, and one of them is Lotus Engineering. Lotus Engineering is the way they make money because well, they, right. they they loan out the services like the Hyundai Sonata. That has Lotus. No, I'm. Yeah, the no the Genesis. The Genesis has Lotus Engineering in it. Like the suspension is tuned. Right. Yeah, they send it to Lotus and Lotus sends no, whatever. It right. Yeah. I, so I, I mean, know like, that's how they that's make, how they make their money. I just still thirteen hundred people seems like a lot of people for a tiny company like that. Yeah. Anyway, they're, they're spread out. Kind of yeah. all over the world too. So, anyways, Avora's dead. It's coming back in a few years, but whatever. No one cares. Um, let's talk about a car that. Okay, so I think this is the stupidest story of the entire week. Um, Infinity is working on a four series fighter. And yeah. I read that, but here's the first thing that popped into my head. The G thirty seven, which is now the Q seventy, still exists. How is that not a BMW four series competitor already? Well, four series, is. but not M4, right? Well, yeah, no, is that's that... the story. It's four series fighter, not necessarily oh, M4. Series, okay, okay. Well, Cyprian wrote it, so. Well, they're... one thing about Infinity is their models kind of sit between models. They're not like the the G37 or whatever it is now is kind of sort of in between models. It's not a hard set. They don't go okay, three series, okay. This one, four series. This one, they kind of span models. This one's going to be kind of more like a four series, six series fighter. It sits right in between the two in terms of size. The so title it's a five series. Well, <laughs> so technically the six series is a five is is a five series, but yes, the six series is bigger. But like that's yeah. that's that's my my whole thing when I read this piece is like we are going to make a smaller sports sedan that's or a sports coupe that's rear wheel drive and I'm like uh you guys already make that like you do and so even even think about like engine size so you've got a 3.7 liter mm-hmm. and that engine makes what 345 horsepower or something uh, something in that range the 335 4 series so the 435i or whatever makes what like 325 horsepower 330 or something. Right. So the horsepower is about the same size. Mm-hmm. They're both still sort of like a 2 plus 2 style car. Like, I mean, okay, maybe the 4 Series is 5 or 6 inches longer or whatever. But, like, that's a car that already exists. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it already exists, yes. Okay. I know Infinity is reaching. I know they're reaching. They've been reaching for a long time. They've been reaching with this whole name change. Uh, which why it kind of pains me that Cadillac's doing the exact same thing. But, I now blame Johan. Like, that yeah. just must be a thing. We should change names. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but here's the good thing. Here's the good thing. Here, here's, here's the good thing about what he learned from Infinity. He said, okay, we're going to change the names of Cadillac, but we're not going to just say, here's new names on the same car. They're going to yeah. actually wait for refreshes and redesigns. But anywho... The real story behind this, the real story is here that they're looking at something to compete with the M4, just like uh, just like Mark said. They're looking to kind of uh, adopt the Orouge uh, drivetrain, but modify oh, it into a, coupe, into a coupe form. That's the real news. Yes, but here's the thing. That's not an M4 competitor at that point. Why not? Because you're looking at a 500-plus horsepower all-wheel drive monster. At that point, you're more building a competitor to a Corvette. 
Yeah, but who said that just because they're adopting the Overuse drivetrain doesn't mean it's going to have 540 horsepower. It could be detuned. It can be it can be knocked down. Detuned so to what? 485 horsepower? There you go. And the the M4 has 425. 60 horsepower swing. 60 horsepower swing and all-wheel drive. And probably a massive price difference. Oh man. Maybe maybe not. But that's the story. I you know, this is coming from Top Gear. Who knows how Truthful they're being? I don't know. Maybe they're completely blowing smoke. I don't know. I just... Let uh, Jeremy Clarkson move on. Yeah. I just, like, as, as soon as I saw the story, I'm like, this car exists. Yeah. But again, like, like like Infinity said, they build cars that kind of sit between other cars. They're not saying we're making a direct four series fighter. It's it's between a four and a six. And yeah, between a four and a six and BMW's lineup is a five, but they're kind of different cars. They're not yeah. really the same. I know, car. I know, I know. But right. if you want to talk about splitting hairs and look at BMW and how they make the one series or the five series GT, but it's not a... Oh, don't get me started. The, the, the four a, series GT. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. It's four series Grand Coupe. Oh yeah, here's Grand Coupe. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, the most retarded thing ever. But yeah. I'm yeah, I'm just like okay. Now I think what we're seeing now, maybe they're trying to be sneaky and be like, yeah, since nobody really buys the G37 Coupe, maybe they forgot it existed, and this is our secretly announcing a new model, and that's just going to die. But 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 currently, them going, we're going to make a whole new car that is a, a lot like that one over there. Yeah, it could very well be a replacement for the Q60, which yes, is just a... seventy. No, the the G Coupe is the Q60. Is it? I thought it was. These the... on your names are terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's a Q60. Okay, I thought it was Q70. Um, and it's essentially just a warmed over G37 with a different badge. So badging, the Q70 is the old they... class, right? The old M model. Yeah, Q70 is the old M. Yeah. The Q80 is the upcoming one. The Q60 is the two door coupe. So possibly what we're looking at. What this could be is between the lines reading, maybe they're making a replacement for the Q60 because the Q60 just really doesn't sell. Actually, they are keeping the G37 on lots right now. The 2013 G37 is still on Infinity Lots because they can't sell the Q60. So they have to sell G37 at a cheaper price. As we move because to no one knows I'm so confused. confused. Everyone knows what a G37 is. Oh, yeah, this is a nicer, bigger version of a 370Z. That mm-hmm. sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, Morgan. Yeah, if you if you haven't caught that, they still sell the 2013 G37 coupe on Infinity Lots, brand new. They that still is, to this day. <laughs> that is sad stuff. And so the G37 is it is it the Q60? Yes, Q60 is the is the replacement for the G37. Okay. Is um, the rebadged G37? Exactly. And yeah, maybe what this is, I think you might be right, hitting on something there, Christian. I think they're using this to kind of tease a new model that they're going to use to replace the Q60. Maybe that's yeah. what they're doing, and then they're going to brand that as a four series fighter. Who knows what the hell Infinity's doing? But that's All the right. story. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's let's go ahead and wrap up this stuff. Mark had I, one thing to talk about. But... Oh, but I wanted to add to this piece of crap. I had something good for it. I really want to talk about this. G- I really... All right. Fine. Yeah, and I have something okay. to add to it. Too. Just make it All quick. Right. We're already at an All hour right. and five minutes. Okay, here we go. All right. So stick with me here, right? GMC has made a sports truck. No, they haven't. It's great, right? <laughs> it's great. It's going to have turbos or superchargers or like Woo. some awesome stuff, and it's going to make lots of smoke and bellow American theme they songs. They did that. And... It was called the Typhoon. Yes. Like awesome. Like, they did it, and it worked, and it's awesome. It's one of the most revered trucks and classic trucks of all time. But now they're going to revive. Like, they're going to have a sports truck, right? 
What? what? Wrong. Like, I just... Facepalm is like the hashtag of choice in this article. Don't ever say hashtag on this podcast again. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag facepalm. Fire him. Fire him in a damn heartbeat. Fire him now. Hashtag your hashtag. <laughs> hashtag your mom. Oh no, I don't know what happened. Mark's <laughs> microphone got muted. <laughs> and look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> No hashtag game. Uh, Count sign. But please, <laughs> please just tell me about this stupid truck that GMC is calling a sport truck for. All right, so they're all right. They're calling it a sports truck, right? You look at it; it looks great. It's got this great black on black bodywork, black, uh, black, you know, painted colors on the on the bumpers. It's got matte black uh, fender covers. It's got matte or, like, glossy black wheels. It looks cool. It's got, like, chrome inserts in the grill. Um, but it's rocking a V6. And um, it's got the 285 horsepower and um, not much else. 285 horsepower. Yeah. And this, it's bone stock. Bone stock. It's got the straight, you know, the, the 4.3 liter V6, the Ecotec 3. Yeah, it's got the fancy, you know, cylinder deactivations, variable valve timing, displacement error, and direct injection, but it just, to call it a sports truck and to make it look this cool but then to not deliver anything past it is just frustrating. And GMC, I think you're better than this. And I understand there is quite the division and the hatred in between GM branches of, like, the Corvette team won't give the truck team anything and the Cadillac team won't give anything to the Corvette team, and I understand but just suck it up and work together and freaking well, drop an LSA thing. in this truck and get stuff done. You don't even need the LSA, so okay. which, I mean, you could because Cadillac and Chevy both use the LSA in the yes. Camaro and the CTS. Yes. But also the 7-liter that used to be in the Z06 that is now in the Z, Z28 Camaro, what the hell's wrong with that? Give There's me, another choice. Give me a 3-inch suspension drop on this yeah. truck. Give me some stiffer springs yep. and throw that 7-liter in there. Boom! Sport what? truck. How hard was that? Media, yeah. you know, some some you know 285, 295 series tires, and that stiff suspension. Um, beautiful, you know, like dual exhaust, and you're done. You know, you don't even want to throw your magnetic ride control suspension in it. Bam! Look well, out. But they don't even have to and, do that. Like that's extra money, whatever. Seriously, just. Like, what? Lower suspension, stiffer springs, seven liter. That's it. Those three steps. One, two, three. Michael Jackson said it. A, B, C, easiest one, two, three. You can do it, GM. Seriously. Yeah. But hang on, GM, GM, up the ante one more time. I was, I was watching our, our newswire come by, and I see 2015 Colorado Sport Concept. It's uh, Colorado with a pair of bikes on the back of it. Oh my god! And some accessories Wait. from their uh, from their gear on lunch. And then I, I just whoever the button in the podcast like, explodes along with my face. Like, all right, I I have to admit, like I am I am a GM fan. I like I like GM, but I just don't understand why GM has some of the biggest parts bins available. They have parts, and they refuse to use them. Why not stick? an LSA or the 7 liter, or even a hyped-up version of the 6.2 liter LT4 or LT1. Why not? Why mm -hmm. not? But right. no, they're going to go straight for the base model and have the V6. Yes, you can buy the 5.3 liter V8. 
But it's it's still not a sports truck. It looks great, but it just doesn't deliver. I know, I'm and sorry. it's that's my. I just what what worries me ab- about it is it feels like a bean counter move. Yeah, like somebody said, no, we can't put any sort of real performance in this. It'll never sell, which is horse crap because you don't have to sell a lot of them. Cadillac proved that with the CTSV wagon. Like when that was made, they said like the PR guys were like. Yeah, we have to sell 12 of these. If we sell 12, we've broken even. If all GM did was lower the suspension and put that 7 liter inside of that truck, how many do you think they'd, they'd, they'd have to sell to recoup that engineering cost? Like five. Mm-hmm. Right. And surely to God, across the entirety of the U.S., there would be five people who would buy that truck. <laughs> what is that, an internet high five? No, that was me. That was me. That was oh, me. Oh, you would, you would buy one? Yeah, because, you know, I would... Sell my kidneys. What if it was sixty thousand dollars? I would sell whatever I owned. Not really. I I wouldn't do that. But yeah, I mean the truck is freaking awesome. Now, granted, GM has done something in the past, and they took it to SEMA. It's called the Silverado Cheyenne concept, and it had that stuff. It was lowered. It had a lot of Z28 parts on it actually, and um, it had the six point two liter V8. Um, it you know it still made the 420 horsepower, 460 pound-feet of torque, which is stock. Um, but I mean, like, it, it had the right suspension components. It had the right looks. They replaced a lot of parts with carbon fiber and made it a lot lighter. Yeah, I mean, that's even, a sports truck. Even just in general stuff, like what Ford did with the with the Tremor, just basically yes. they swapped out the rear end. That's what they did. They swapped out the gearing in the rear end. Suddenly, it performs better. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's well, they threw rocket science. They threw the EcoBoost in the single cab truck, which is not normally available. Yeah. Yeah, and it has a different. You have to get the trimmer package in order to get the the 3.5 liter EcoBoost. Yeah. But that I thought the trimmer also had a, a different uh, final drive. I think I so. They, I thought they put like the final drive out of uh, Mustang or something in there. Yeah, but I mean, like, you can get the trimmer into or four wheel drive. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, I don't know. Enough about trucks. I know that you didn't want to harp on this too much. So. Well, mostly because I, I didn't want to get mad about it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, GM. I just, I feel like you kind of let us down on this one. More than kind of. Love yeah. you, love you, but I'm disappointed. It's like oh, it's like your father. I, I will love you again when a Z28 appears in my driveway. <sighs> Dude, I got to go look at one the other day. Beautiful, but it's totally impractical. Horse ass. Dude, there's like that much ground clearance in between the front clip and the and the ground. No cares. Tell you what, you get the I, ZL1, I'll do the Z28, and that'll be our first comparison test to get us ready for the long-term truck test. Okay, that's perfect. That's per- I've already got the ZL1 lined up. But I ha- I, hey, Justin, we'll s- Justin, we will send you photos of, of how much fun we're having. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Jesse, come on! You're you're like an hour away from me. Just hop hop on over and and you know you can. There you go. It. We'll do a hilariously pointless drag race with his ZL1 versus your Mazda Speed Miata. Oh yeah, that'd be funny. Oh, I'll that'd... start in third gear for you if you'd like. That would be just. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking of super fun Miata crap, so um in Forza you can do this is back to the video game thing. You can do all kinds of modifications on a cars. You can do engine swaps and drivetrain swaps. So I bought a Miata, a 2007, whatever. It's an NC generation Miata. And one of the options is to put a 6.2 liter Corvette V8 in it. Ooh. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you can make it all-wheel drive. And then I turbocharged it. 
Um, wow. So I have a Miata that'll hit 240 miles an hour in a standing mile. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. That's, that's a little ridiculous. Wow. Oh my goodness. And they did so good on the noise in the game because it sounds just like Nancy did in real life. It has that super deep rumble of a small block V8. Oh god, it was good. Anyway, so yeah, that was a thing that I just thought about with the racing. All right. Anyways, that is mostly our show. We don't have any questions and answers this week, so we're going to hit own drive burn and then we're going to be done for the week. Um, thank you, everyone who who hung out with us. And sorry, we went a little longer again. Um, so, own drive burns from our own Cyprian. Thank you, Cyprian. He says, "I think it would be fun to continue the Ferrari hype that's been around lately with the Marineo exclusive ODB. Instead of using three cool Ferraris, though, how about deciding from three of the company's worst cars? We have the 1985 Ferrari F, uh, Ferrari 412, the 1980 Ferrari Mondial 8." And the 1976 Ferrari 308 GT4. Who wants to go first? Is it? Uh, I'll burn them all and take the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a truck. Oh, well, Christian, why don't you go first? All right, I can I can go first. So, I would. I think I'd probably keep the 308. Um. I like that it's got the Dino name. To be honest, I actually kind of like the way it looks. It's got four seats, so it's sort of practical, you know? It's it's interesting. It's got a semi-powerful-ish V8 for being the year. You know, it's uh, 255 horses, so, I mean, it's a fairly powerful engine. Um, drive once would probably be the uh, Mondial 8, because uh, it's another one of those cool wedge-shaped sort of mid-engine Ferraris, and it's sort of interesting. Um, I like the engine. The 3-liter V8's a pretty cool little engine. Um, and then I would burn the 412 because that's the ugliest slab of anything that's ever had a Ferrari badge on it. Holy crap. I have My my dog has left me presents in the yard that look more attractive <laughs> than the Ferrari 412. Okay, well... I'm glad you uh you you mirror what I was gonna say. So dang it. Okay, yeah, I would have to um drive the Dino every day just because you know Dino's kind of get the Dino's get a good name again. You know, it had kind of a rotten name for a while. It's starting to get a good name. It has a nice cult following, so I'd keep that. And also the four seats is a great thing having a having a a kid. Um, the Mondale, I'd want to drive it once. I think it's pretty ugly, but I drive it once only because it is nowhere near as ugly and un- unforgivable as the 412. I clicked on an image, and I almost laughed my balls off. looks like a first-gen Toyota Supra met a, I don't know, maybe a late 70s Datsun? It kind of <laughs> looks like an old Jaguar. I, I can kind of sort of see that, but like it, just, it looks like an old Japanese car to me is what it looks like. Looks like some old Japanese clunker with pop-up headlights. It just is ugly. And from my understanding, I don't know a ton about it. It had a good bit of power, right? It was what 340 horsepower, but it's just freaking ugly. Yeah, God, is it terrible? Ah, oh, disgusting. All right. Well, it was a 412, so it had a 12-cylinder in it. it was yeah. A, it was a, a, a V12. So, because for the longest time, that's how they uh, sorted out their cars. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be nice if all naming schemes were so well planned? Yeah, well, they, they used for, to be. Ferrari does a pretty good job with it. They just sort of flip-flop occasionally. So, um, like, with the 412, it's four seats, 
12 cylinders. And then for other cars like the 458, it's a 4.5 liter V8. That's where 458 comes from. So, yeah. And then the F430 is just because it had a 4.3 liter V8. So 4.30 liters. So they sort of stick to that a little bit, but yeah. Um, I, I, I am sad that Cyprian gave us the Mondial 8 because if, because if it was the Mondial T with the convertible, that would, that would be my own. Mm-hmm. But Mark, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm seriously um, having to second you guys because, yeah, this, the, the 412 is, is basically um, nasty. The, um, the, the Mondial, it just, yeah, same thing. I the thing I really like about the um, the 308 is the dash. It just looks like a 70s muscle car from America. I like the way the dash looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Kind of looks like an old uh, like uh, like Pontiac, like Firebird. Urgh. All right, so yeah, that was yeah, that's pretty boring, but yeah, yeah. So there you go, Cyprian. You, I. Hope you were entertained by Basically, your choice of worst ever. I, I have a yeah. challenge next week. Next week we need new cars, cars that we like, <laughs> that are new, that we could buy today. All right. Well, we'll anybody we'll, out there. We will. Yes. We will see what happens. But re- remember, guys, we need suggestions from you. We need questions for questions and answer. We need own drive burn suggestions. We need all that sort of stuff. Um. So yes, please, please send us that. Now, um, I, I mentioned I'm going to be giving one of these things away. So again, this is going to be a super, super simple and easy giveaway. You have to do one thing. That's it. You send me an email. That's it, with anything in it. I will print out all of the emails. I'll have my wife pick a name at random, and then I'll email you back and say you won, and all you have to do is tell me what your address is, and I'll mail it to you. That's it. Super I easy. Think, I think I should be required to leave a comment in an own drive burn before they send an email. Yeah, but then it seems that nobody wants to do it because I've done lots of other giveaways on some of this other other stuff, and um, a lot of times only one or two people will enter, so like they just automatically won. So um, yeah, fifty dollars or so worth of Legos here, and it's a cool Back to the Future DeLorean. Does it have a Mr. Fusion on the back, or is it uh, first movie? Right there, buddy. I think I'll, I'll. Yeah, that's sure. Yeah. And uh, you can actually customize it to be mm-hmm. just a DeLorean. Stop talking. So just a DeLorean, the first Back to the Future DeLorean, or the second Back to the Future DeLorean. <laughs> Wait, does that have wagon wheels on it? Let me see. No, 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 no not the right. not the third one. Although it does say two and three at the bottom. But huh. so. It's the normal DeLorean, the sort of time machine stuff, the upgraded flying time machine, and then the super upgraded time machine. Well, look at that. Yeah. So, again, just send me an email. My email is really simple. It is Christian, like the religion, at topspeed.com. That's it. <laughs> Sounds good. Send me an email, and then I will randomly pick out a name, and we will give one of these things away. So, that's it. Uh, again, thank you guys. Please leave us comments, questions, suggestions. Please leave us own drive burn stuff. All that in the comments below. We love you guys. We thank you. Uh, we appreciate everyone who tunes in every week. Uh, this week, thank you to Cyprian and Halty who tuned in live with us and chatted with us. Anyone else who's watching and didn't comment, thank you as well. 
As always, I love everyone who also listens to us later. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Uh, Otherwise, I think that's been our show. Uh, I'm going to play some music, and uh, we'll be done with this little party. So, peace out.